Blog Talk Radio. Living just enough, just enough, 
or something. You know, you're not creative yeah, at all. Not creating it. anything. You just and uh, so. even on his story itself, Brock came out and said that you're sending uh, innocent troops that out out to the border to oversee what? To oversee nothing. To possibly get shot at and everything else. Such a risky factor, you know. But and this too will come to pass. You know, Trump is in his what early seventies. You know that mining will go. That's all. It's not going to go sharp for so long. I mean, I don't wish no bad luck on him, but Father Time is undefeated. Okay, Father Time whoops everybody's ass in the long run. So as much as you think you're getting your stuff off, what what I think though is so sad is that if Trump ever goes down for whatever reason, what is going to happen to the Trump uh, empire? Because I don't think anybody else has the stamina, the strength, the arrogance. The belligerentness that Trump possesses well, to maintain his game. Nah, and Tweedledum will do nah, that thing. Nah, they gonna they gonna fade away into the abyss. Don't even think about them, Joe. They just gonna be Tweedled and Tweedledum. Junior and Eric. Junior and Eric. Eric. Oh, oh, oh. And <laughs> so. Because uh, because the daughter's trying to get away from him. I don't know what she's doing. Also, the Pentagon says that uh, more than 7,000 active troops are being sent to the southwest border. Dang. With more possible. Now, recruiting is down big time from the beginning. Wow. And you're going to waste your, your sources on things that are, I mean, the whole world's watching us. Everything we do, every move we make, everywhere we put people in harm's way, you know, they're, they're seeing us. And, and this is this is ridiculous, so. And here's a man that was married to uh, two different foreign women mm-hmm. from different places. Wow. Especially his first wife. Boy, she, whew. Mm-hmm. She was real foreign. Like, she was just a, mm-hmm. you know, I ain't going to speak on her. Well, I think that's a hot mess. You sending all those troops, he's sending all those troops down there to so-called defend the border. And that's 7,000 troops? Yeah. A that's a lot of military that's down there a, to do what? That's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Overseas. That's my thing is, I don't know. I, I couldn't be part of that regiment because you're talking about human life. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they throwing rocks at you and stuff. Okay. You know, you might get hit or injured or something like that, but that uh, that shouldn't cause. Well, that's why they have shields and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's true, and and all kind of pepper spray and all of that, and just different things. But um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see. Cause those people down there with kids. Yeah, that's the so, sad part. So what? If somebody throws enough rocks, the military now is gonna whip out some AR. What is it? Fifteen, seventeen, whatever the number. They're going to whip out their guns and start shooting to keep people from trying to climb over the walls and stuff? It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. And yeah. and my thing is, I, I'm not understanding this influx of, of people coming to the United States. They say that it's gangs there in their country, and they rather come to the United States than stay there in their country. Well, Trump claims that in this caravan of all these people who've been walking now for I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. They've been walking. They literally walked from Honduras to get to the Mexico-United right. States border. Mm-hmm. He's saying that you got MS-13 gang members in there. There's other criminals in there. And once again, he doesn't know. He, he doesn't know. He's lying. He just don't know. He puts out these blanket statements because chances are there is probably a couple of criminals in the bunch. Mm-hmm. But 
my point of view is that anybody desperate enough to get away mm-hmm. from their current situation, right. that they would walk for weeks. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that that's really your criminal element. Right. I don't see them right. feeling like I'm going to pack up what little bit I have right. and I'm going to walk. Not knowing if I'm going to make it, don't know where we're going to get food, right. shelter, that's the anything. Yeah. I'm going to take my family and we're going to walk because we're trying to get to the I land of freedom, yes, milk better. and honey, the mm-hmm. United States. Right. And I just don't see that these are the folk that are thinking, and as soon as I get over the border, I'm right. going to go and knock somebody over the head and steal their money, right. and I'm going to shoot, and I'm going to kill, I'm going to rape, I'm going to maim and injure, and Right. Nice somebody. I, I just don't see it. Right. I agree. I'm not saying it's not possible. Right. It's, but it's, that just doesn't seem logical. Right. I'm pretty sure it's in the bunch, but it's, it's it's hard to, you know, to pick. But like you said, who would walk that long distance and then all of a sudden you're going to do all that? Right. That's what I'm saying. That's a level of desperation mm-hmm. when right. you're willing to walk like that. We're not talking about... Oh, they just jumped on a ferry and rode over. Mm-hmm. You might get anything, but right. this is a whole nother uh, level to me of desperation. But yeah. well, if you guys got any questions or comments, hit us up tonight. Now one four eight zero three forty three zero six and press one. Press one to get in the queue. Well, let's talk about California. Oh boy, this you know. Well, first let's mention Pittsburgh. Of course, the situation with the synagogue and that nut that went and killed people just because they were Jewish. Right. Well, California's having problems now. Mm-hmm. A California synagogue has been vandalized with anti-Semitic graffiti less than a week after the gunman killed 11 Jewish worshipers in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So some Einstein went and spray-painted on the synagogue in California F Jews mm. in in with a bright red spray paint mm-hmm. and this was on Wednesday on the wall of Beth Jacob congregation in Irvine. Now the police are saying that they posted a surveillance camera and they saw the video of a man in a hoodie spraying the exterior of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. So they're increasing their patrols around other Jewish organizations. But then they started saying in this particular story that back in October, which was just last month, Mm -hmm. that police had found swastikas scrawled in the restrooms in the college in the area. Mm -hmm. So I guess somebody took like a pen or a razor or whatever Mm -hmm. and put a swastika on the wall in the restroom at the college. So they're saying, of course, these are local acts of hate. Mm -hmm. They're senseless and... Of course, they are not going to tolerate it. And also in Pittsburgh, swastikas, swastikas, I can't even say the word, swastikas Mm -hmm. have appeared in at least a handful of other U.S. cities since the massacre in Pittsburgh. What is that, a symbol? Yeah, it's that, that, um, it's like a cross, but it breaks all four sides. Gotcha. Best way to describe it. It's um, New York City. On Wednesday, a resident posted a picture of swastikas that had been scrawled on a couple of homes up in Brooklyn Heights. And they also saw the symbol on some Navy property in Bucks County mm-hmm. near Philadelphia. This sounds like it's a, it's a gang. I don't want to say that, but it sounds like that's what it is. Some, 
organization or movement doing this. It's just ridiculous. I don't know. They just don't have anything else to do. I mean, they're saying, you know, of course, it's a cowardly act. And in light of what people in Pittsburgh just went through, uh, the, the government and stuff in, um, in California is saying, you know, can we all just get along? Can we get along? Yeah. yeah. You know, this stuff with the swastikas mm-hmm. is just ridiculous. Uh, there was another school where they found some in an elevator in New York, mm-hmm. and they're saying that um, this kind of activity has been increasing mm-hmm. over the years, and I, I guess it will continue right. as long as you have ignorant people, well, see, my, racist people, right. who think that you know they're doing something by doing this. But see, my thing is we were somewhat segregated anyway. I say that because the synagogue that the, uh, the incident happened in Pittsburgh, they said it was a big Jewish community. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, people that, that worship together or, 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 you know, do things that are alike, they seem to gravitate to each other. Well, so why yeah. are you going to even mess with us in our particular area? We're not bothering you. But it's just the fact that they don't want them anywhere, you know. Um, it doesn't matter. They have their own community, so to speak. They don't care. They don't. They just don't want them anywhere. Well, see, you can't look at anything like that and try to apply logic to it. There is no logic. No, there is nothing logical about hating people because of what they believe or mm-hmm. what they look like mm-hmm. or who they marry or what they do, et cetera. There is no logic they just to that. They just don't want them there. Exactly. That guy who who killed those people in Pittsburgh was just talking a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, he was still talking as they took him away. Exactly. He He was talking about he wanted to kill some more Jews and, Mm. you know, just a bunch. I don't even want to repeat this stuff. But just to have that kind of way of thinking. Right. It's something wrong. It is something wrong mentally. It is. When people just feel like they just have a... I don't know, a predisposition against right. a whole group of people. Mm-hmm. You can't say, I hate whatever, fill in the blank, because mm-hmm. you don't know all of them. Right. If you can say, I don't like or I hate white mm-hmm. people, I hate black people, mm-hmm. I hate Asians, you don't know them all. But my thing is, that, that comes from somewhere. Either childhood, you were brought up that way, like... Our 45 president was. He was brought up a certain way, and people, you know, it's it's it it comes it stems from your upbringing, and who you were associated with, as far as the people that were in your neighborhood, so to speak. Um, if 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 you're all in a white neighborhood and you haven't dealt with African Americans ever in life, I mean, it's it's hard to try to deal with, you know, African Americans and vice versa. You know, how would you? be able to, you know, to try to interact with those people, you know, in it's any type of people. It's a matter of getting familiar. But that yeah, doesn't I, mean I you should have an, uh, an automatic hatred. It's but, one thing to say, well, I don't really know any whatever. Right. You know, like I could say, like, I don't know any, you know, whatever. Pick a culture of mm-hmm. people who I don't know. Right. I don't work with any, I don't live by any, so I don't know them. But, but that I'm doesn't saying, mean I should hate them. Right, but I'm saying if you come in contact with them, you I guess you wouldn't know how to deal with them, I guess. How about saying hello? Some people, hey, they, they can do it and some people can't. 
They already well, have yeah. that that hatred built up in them. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm trying to understand. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would you hate an entire group of people yes. simply because they are who they are? The unknown. Because you've never dealt with that group of people before. Well, I've heard of fear of the unknown. And if if hate is rooted in fear, then maybe that would explain it. Yeah. There's, there's something. I don't know. Yeah. It's just crazy. There's something. It is crazy. But I, 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 I'm just going to say this and I'm, I'm going to let it go. But I saw this um, um, broadcast of something on TV. And it was an old white lady. But I think it was the way she grew up. Mm-hmm. And she put these fences around her home because she was in a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. She was like the only white lady on her block. But the people were nice and cordial. They spoke to her, whatever. But she had these barriers on both sides. Do you know the lady got sick? Who helped her? Mm-hmm. Come on now. Okay. You already know nobody else there but the black people around her. Right. They helped her. She got to the hospital because if they didn't help her, she would have died, they said. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. She got sick or something in her home or something happened. So they came over there, helped the lady, got her to the hospital. Like I said, she would have died. She stayed in the hospital almost about a month or so. Mm-hmm. After that, she wanted to knock the barriers down, so the blacks helped her knock the barriers down from her house. She said, I love these people. I guess so. <laughs> she was like, they like her life. And like you said, if you don't know them, why can't you get to know these people? Yeah. You know, in, in any type of, uh, you know, race or whatever. But, And I'm just saying, if you don't know them, fine. You, if you want to be fearful or whatever, then to me that still doesn't equate hatred. That's true. Yeah. To the point where you're wishing death on people. Yeah, people are just, just crazy. They just, they just take it to another level. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a caller on the line, so I'm going to switch over. Okay. Pick up a caller. Uh, caller, welcome to the Pajama Party Show, Friday night, all the way live. We're on the line. Yes. How, y- how y'all doing? Fine, how are you? We're doing great. How okay. you doing? I want to, to skip on what Keller was talking about. Okay, the other day I was reading an article in, in the end. Mm-hmm. White lady. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. The house. All the paper, throw around the house, and leave it. Right. And child is not welcome in this neighborhood. Right. Okay. Mhm. They arrested her. Arrested her, and she say, "Oh, I'm under mental stress. I'm under this. I'm under that. Uh, mm-hmm. Doctors orders have to be stress free. I can't be stress free living next to, to a in child." Mm. Mm. Oh my God! So what happened? She moved. Can y'all put her on a kiss list? What's her name? Sure enough. I, I don't remember her name. It was an article I read. Where was she from? Indiana. From, from Indiana. Okay, Indiana woman. All right. Mm. Yeah, people. Something wrong with this. This. Rough out here. Yeah, this this day and age, people just it's. I think it's always been there, but it's just elevated because of forty five. It has truly heightened and elevated. You know, these people that are out here that are I bleeping. agree. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Carla, for giving us that information. Yeah, we'll definitely put her on the kiss it list. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. All right, then. Hang out with us the rest of the night. Thank you so much. All right, Kettle, you got one more for us. Yeah. Mom sues after seeing video of toddlers. Fight Club. Man, everybody probably has seen this, um, but this incident happened two years ago. Mm-hmm. So disturbing video taken at a St. Louis daycare shows toddlers punching each other in a ring as the adults in the room encouraged the violent fighting. Really? They yeah. they call this a daycare fight club. And the mother who obtained the video is now um, suing the school. Good for her. Um, Nicole um, Mercio says one of her sons, who was 10 at the time, filmed the fighting with his iPad. Her son was worried about his little brother, who was in the next room, being beaten up by his classmates. Mm. Crazy. So the video shows a child wearing uh, the Hulk fist, the big fist, and punching um, another boy in the head as a teacher jumps up and down in excitement. That's crazy. Another teacher is also present in the video and is seen putting the toy fist on a child and preparing him for a fight. Mm-hmm. Come on, really. The only person seen trying to stop the fight was another preschooler. A toddler gets knocked to the ground and repeatedly punched in the head by a classmate. So um, she goes on to say that the, the, she is suing the daycare for more than $25,000. She said, if that's it, that's what I said. She said, if I'm not a voice for my children, who will be? But it goes to show that to me, the the dollar amount is about principle. Like if I don't speak up for my child, who who, who who's gonna say something? They're just gonna let it be. That's a madness. I saw that video. I couldn't believe it. Mm-mm. And you say those teachers have been fired, right? That were in the video jumping up and down. Uh, yeah, both teachers in the video were fired. Yep. Okay. Um, inspections of the um adventure learning center were increased. After the incident and other violations were found, really, um, I guess more they're gonna find more. I mean, why would you condone something like that? It just just doesn't make sense. I'm wondering, like, were they putting side bets or something? What were they doing? Why would no? I I think they were saying kids to fight like it was out of um I guess it was part of their playing or whatever or I don't know. I saw that video. It was nothing playful. Those kids were trying to beat the mess out of each other. Mm, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. So they declined to prosecute. St. Louis Court Attorney's Office declined to prosecute, and the daycare continued to operate. Why did you shut them down, at least temporarily? This this is the problem. Even though they got rid of the, the teachers, still, you know, you got other violations going on in this daycare. I disagree that they should have they should have gone ahead and prosecuted somebody. Somebody should have paid the price yeah. other than just firing them. Well that daycare probably will will. Mm. She might get more off the deal. If if if, if her lawyer oh, lawyer should ask for a million dollars, but you know they're gonna settle, you know. But uh they make my head spin. I know that's right. Well All if you right. Guys, got any more questions or comments? Hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1 to get in the queue. We're going to take a break for a public service announcement from Miss Niecy Nash, and we'll be right back. Not for a charcoal grill. No charcoal grills are allowed. You're scared. 
please leave me alone. You're white. African-American. Um, illegally selling water without a permit. But with cell phone cameras and social media, calling 911 on your black or brown neighbors just isn't what it used to be. Hi, I'm Nisi Nash, actress, inventor, and advocate for not calling 911 on black people for no goddamn reason. I'd like to introduce you to a radical new product that will save you all the headaches of being filmed and outed as a racist douche. It's called 1-844-WHITE-FEAR, and it's revolutionizing the way racist white people cope with black people living life near them. 1-844-WHITE-FEAR. There's a black guy outside my neighbor's house, and he's walking around. Our experienced staff have been living while black in America their entire lives. Darren here is a former Obama aide who had the cops called on him for moving into his new apartment. Yes, that is actually your neighbor Michael. Yeah, no problem. Our records are actually showing that's actually his vote. Yeah, I know. Black people have votes too now. Studies show that people of color are more likely to be arrested, convicted, and serve longer sentences than white people for similar crimes. So calling 911 for non-emergency situations is really just a d- move. I got so scared when I saw a black guy walking around outside, and so I called 1844 white here, and it turns out we're neighbors, and I'm a racist. Now, black people have been helping white people be better since always. So she's looking around and standing there. The regular Frisbee or ultimate Frisbee? Call it when black people are. Having a barbecue, taking a nap in a rec room, mowing the lawn, waiting for a friend at a coffee shop, golfing, shopping, enjoying a vacation at their Airbnb, going to work, coming home from work, working while at work, campaigning for office, swimming with socks on, delivering newspapers, buying a house, selling water, parking their car, using a coupon, and so much more. one 844 white Feet. It's a real number for real white people who should mind their own damn business. What's going on here? If you've been a victim of 911 harassment, please email us at 844-WYTFEAR at nytimes.com. Welcome back to the John Party Morning with Papa Dita Mira Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir. And if you didn't catch it, that is a real number. That was set up by the New York Times. They are encouraging people, white people, who have issues with black people just existing. If you're scared, don't call 911 and waste the cops' time. Call 1-800-WHITE-FEAR. That's W-Y-T, fear. Tell your friends that are white that may be paranoid. If you're concerned, you see somebody that's doing nothing but you want to report it, call that number, 1-844-W-Y-T-FEAR. All right, let's get back to the hit it and quit it headlines. Who's up first? Sonia Papa. Oh, he's mad because he didn't like that spot. It's a real. It's real. All I can tell you is it's real. Sounds like a comedy show to me. These people been blowing up nine one one, and now New York Times set up. So a why number. were they talking with such slang overtone and all kind of you know? Why would he talking like that? If you want somebody, if it's real, you want somebody to listen. Why are you talking like a buffoon black person, sounding all ignorant? 
Well, you talk, I didn't hear eventually. that. So, but. All right, well, when you get a chance. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, Jeffrey, the, the giraffe is back uh, from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yay, okay, the Jeffrey. company told me those Tours R Us announced in early October that it had canceled and uh, mm-hmm. he, they they got rid of apparently got rid of the uh, giraffe, but uh, they're going through all kind of stuff as far as uh, trying to lift their little bankruptcy situation and put some stuff back out there because they kind of realize that nobody else can do toys better. Where are you gonna get the toys from? Amazon, I think they master everything, but. I don't think Amazon can master the toys, you know. Toys is a unique thing that has to have a big choice. Everything com- combined together, you know, when you went in Toys R Us or, or um, what was the other one, Kitty City, things like that. These are people that master the whole toy conglomerate. And uh, so it looks like uh, Toys R Us are coming back. What do you think about that? I think that's uh, cool. Yeah, because I got some Jeffrey dolls I got to get rid of anyway. Okay. From you the past. Have. Yes. <laughs> Might be collectors item, eh? Remember Jeffrey dollars? Oh, Jeffrey dollars. I, I just said Jeffrey dollars. Jeffrey dollars. Jeffrey dollars. I just remember I don't want to grow up. Oh. I'm a Toys R Us kid. All right, now. That's what I remember. Well, they gave me dollars just like, uh, what's that store? Kohl's. Kohl's. Kohl's got a bunch mm-hmm. of paper Monopoly money, too, they do with people. You got people all on the string cash it in. Maybe you can cash in your Jeffrey dollars. What if Coles will take them? Hey, they can try. So they bringing Jeffrey back? So is the store coming back? It's or coming back. Doing, it's coming doing back. Like they're, they're trying to ease, kind of they're, they're trying to ease back in. They're, they're going to ease back in. I mean, why not? I mean, what, Maybe somebody else the store has been around for a lot of years and it can't disappear. Well, the Twinkie didn't go away. Didn't the Twinkie come back? I seen him in chocolate one day. <laughs> really? I thought they were gone. Remember when they did that whole big announcement Mm -hmm. and people Mm -hmm. ran out and were buying Twinkies? Yep, somebody Somebody brought brought them up. But they claim it's not the same. It don't taste the same. Yeah, whatever. The sugar fix is needed, you know. I don't know. So the uh, giraffe fix is needed. It's a cake with mystery cream stuffed inside. I know. Oh, well. Anyway, okay. I like big wheels anyway. <laughs> I like big, big wheels? I was you big, cannot lie. Yep, I was a big wheel girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, I guess I got the next one. The girls are suing the school right to wear pants. What is hey, going on? Why do you have to sue? I don't know. Uh, Bonnie Pelter, a mother of two in Leland, North Carolina. I never heard of Leland, North Carolina was thrilled when her four year old daughter got four years old got into a charter uh, day school. Oh. It's a publicly funded uh K through eight with a good reputation in her um conservative small town. But she was taken back uh at a school orientation in the summer of twenty fifteen when she learned that the charter school's dress code prohibits girls from wearing pants or shorts oh. as part of its standard uniform. So her daughter dislikes wearing skirts and dresses, and she didn't understand why um, she had to force her child to wear um, the clothes that, 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 you know, didn't make her happy, you know. She didn't want to abide by the rules, I guess. I guess the quote-unquote rules the school had. Mm -hmm. So um, Mitchell said the dress code was about chivalry and claimed it helped instill traditional values making for better manners and better-behaved children. Really? 
Then he suggested that the dress code could help prevent school shootings. Oh, come on. Really? Girls no. wearing skirts and dresses are somehow going to prevent school shootings? So the mama was shocked. Yeah, that's some ignorance. So the email kicked off a years-long battle with Charter Day that is yet to be resolved. So she's been wearing the uniform, but I guess Mama's been going back and forth, back and forth about it. Mm-hmm. So with the help of the American Civil Liberties Union, um, Pelter, the mother, and two other mothers sued Charter Day in federal court 2016 on behalf of their daughters. Mm-hmm. Their aim is to simply give girls at the school the option to wear pants or shorts. They argue that the um, restrictive dress code discriminates against girls and violates the um, Title IX, which is part of the federal civil rights law that covers public education. Mm, I didn't know all of this. Wow. Interesting. They went, they they, they took it to the book. Well, I hope they win their case. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I do think that's some bull. That they can't. That, I mean, you shouldn't have to sue. What do they expect to do in the winter time when it's cold? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope they do win. That that would be an interesting case. I guess it'd be one for the books. Who knows? This might go all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean, it's 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 simple. But then, my thing is, if that's the school's rules, mm, I'm on the fence. I'm I 50, mean, 50. you can have rules, but if the rules are going against the law, then there's a problem. Yeah, agree. Because so, their yeah. school is mm-hmm. uh, it's a charter school, which means they get some state or federal money. Right. So that means you can't just come up with your own little rules if you're taking money from the state. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna be hard nosed on your rules, then mm-hmm. stop taking that money right. from the government. But I think that's why a lot of the um, quote unquote public schools become charter schools because they want to make their own rules. But then, like you said, on the other hand, if yeah, you, you can. But if you get money. You have to abide by the, um, you know, education laws, I guess. Exactly. You got to go by the law. So why do you got to abide anyway? What does that mean? When you got to say abide by, what, what, what? It means you can't go against the law. I know the what law. the word means, I'm saying, but I'm saying why Why would anybody go anywhere where they can't do anything? No matter what title of school you have, why do you have to just sit back is- and be still when half of these colleges, I mean, half of these high schools and other affluent neighborhoods look like college campuses. They got more gymnasium than these people got schools. So who's abiding by what? Why are you restricting people that ain't got nothing from the beginning? And you ride by, like in Pennsylvania, over in Bucks County, they got a school called uh, Pinsbury High School. That joint looks like a college campus. You got to see it. It's crazy. You, you know why the schools do this? Because they think they can, but this lady is calling them on the carpet of this um, federal civil rights law that covers the public education. And her daughter is how old now? Um, so this was 2015. So she was four at the time. So it was three years ago. She's eight now. So this is like a preschool. Well, not pre. I guess elementary level. This her daughter was four. Eight preschool. now. Well, yeah. I guess preschool yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope they win their law, their lawsuit. Because I, I don't have, a, I don't see how not wearing pants is going to prevent school shootings. I mean, that, that, was, that was just a stupid. Fired for yeah, you making a statement that like was that. just a real stupid statement. It really is. Um, you know, I I kind of agree with as far as uniforms. Uniform is supposed to help 
the conformity of 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 um, maybe the kids in the school or something like that. But you know, you think on a different level when you're in a uniform. When you dress to impress, so to speak, you think and act differently. I can understand. That. I get that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know. Just yeah, I don't see them saying, "Well, the girls have to wear skirts and dresses right. because it makes them act, you know, whatever." Talking about chivalry? No, that's some shiggity. That's what that is. What's that prince? Did he say his name? Need to put him on the kiss it list. Uh oh. All right, let's keep it moving. Mitchell. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever his name is, Mitchell. Mr. Mitchell. Want to kiss? Put him on the list. All right, got him. All right, let's keep it moving. Who's up next? So we're so we're going at um, what you just said. People think and act different because they're dressed. Who but who who put that out? When did that come about? When she was talking about. Yeah, well, you can explain. Well, that's just my opinion. You know, when you dress to impress, you act. So we're talking kids. We're not talking adults. I mean, yeah, that's kids, true. Kids gonna play in a mud pile on East when they're East Sunday clothes on. They're gonna play in the mud. I don't think I don't even think kids have developed, you know, my opinion. I don't think kids have developed that mindset that adults have. And even as an adult, I have a problem with that myself. At, at my job in particular, depending on the hours you work, if a person works like say the overnight shift, and you got your daylight and your three eleven crew comes in a little more fairly dressed or what have you, they shouldn't put down the night person because night person wears a relaxed state of dress. Based on nothing's going on, there's nobody walking through that's going to be judging their clothes, or nobody had to be impressive for it. So you shouldn't say, "Well, the night shift dressed like bums." No, they dress according to the the angle of uh, what's happening at that hour. Well, this is about uniforms versus non-uniforms. Well, what, what's the difference? I mean, everybody's the well, same it's a person. What's the difference when you say uniform? If there's a uniform, no, I was commenting on how the, people say the behavior, people based on. How they're dressed. Sure, being dressed makes you feel good about yourself. But hell, how many people say at the end of the day, damn, I can't wait to get out of this damn monkey suit? Anything you wear for a long time becomes a monkey suit after a while that you I guess can't my wait thing, I think, to get out of. My thing right? is if, if if you dress to impress or if you, quote unquote, wearing your Sunday best, you're not going to mm-hmm. shuffle around and, 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 you know, act accordingly. Like, you know, it, you, you're just going to act differently to me. If I got my Sunday best on, I'm not going to act like a daggone slob or something like that. No. My whole demeanor and everything is, is different than if I'm if I'm in a relaxed state, so to speak. One thing I, I observe with school uniforms, now I'm only talking about school uniforms, no matter what the age level, uh, elementary, middle school, high school, mm. when the kids have to be in uniforms, it does take away the competitive mm-hmm. part of I'm wearing the latest whatever right. fashion peer, stuff. Peer pressure. Yeah, right, the peer pressure yeah. aspect yeah. of it. That's a good and way to look at it. And if you are coming from a family that can't afford to keep mm-hmm. up with all that stuff, exactly. then you don't have to be worried about it. You go to school, all of y'all got on the same right. blue shirt, tan pants, tan skirt, whatever, and you all are pretty much on the same level playing field. Right. So I see the benefit of uniforms from that perspective. Right. And these kids find a way to make it unique, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. sure. They'll be doing little things, whatever they can oh, get away yeah. with. Right. They will find little ways to tweak it. Especially the girls. Well, yeah. They'll mm-hmm. find no, ways to tweak well. it. 
so that, mm-hmm. that they can make it, you know, make it their own. They'll take a polo shirt and tell into a... Oh, yeah, as long as they can get away with it. If they don't get busted, yeah, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. Tie the bottom but, up. But, yeah, that's what we were talking about. I wasn't comparing what people wear as far as when you're in a place where no uniform is right. involved. Right. No, okay. but it's a, good, it's, it's, it's a good analogy because I think America gets strung out on the look. Because if you look, I mean, and, and let's just change the subject for a minute a little bit. Just just like, for example, the black man, for example, okay? I don't know what it's time. Right. Oh, you know what? Ooh. You know what Uh-oh. I'm not messing with that. I ain't you know touched up with a ten-foot pole. It's still summer, rain. Go ahead. Yeah, we're about as scarce as women. Anyway. Mm. Okay. You started. You drew first blood, Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Rambo. All right. Anyway, you made me lose my chain of thought here. I was about to get deep with something here. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah. But anyway, my um, bad. Everybody really needs to uh, just live and let live. And don't let anything define who we are. You know, you need to be the same butt-ass naked as we are fully dressed. Oh, In our mindset really? and our thinking and how we roll in life. Okay. You know what I mean? Because life starts butt-naked. When you're born, what are you? You got any clothes on when you're born? Mm-mm. Emperor? I do. No, you have nothing <laughs> on. You're butt-naked. Yes. So what defines you? And why should anything define you when you were born naked? Right? Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that. I'm just saying, you know. That's that. All right. But anyway. You guys got any questions or comments on butt naked? 914-803-4306. I'm going to get my Press own one. show. Press one. Press one. What you got over there, Red Wine? Uh, let's see. Show. Oprah is campaigning for Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Yay. Yeah, girl. Uh, Oprah on Thursday delivered a powerful message to attendees of a town hall supporting Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. She said, don't dishonor your ancestors by failing to vote in the midterm election. Then she went on to say, for anybody here who has an ancestor who did not have the right to vote and you choose not to vote wherever you are in this state or in this country, you are dishonoring your family. And so she said, you're disrespecting uh, their legacy and their suffering and their dreams when you don't vote. So Abrams, Stacey Abrams, announced Wednesday that Oprah Winfrey would be joining her on the campaign trail mm-hmm. in her highly contested race against uh, that guy, Georgia Secretary of State Brian Kemp, mm-hmm. her Republican antagonist. Mm-hmm. So yeah. despite who's in, who uh, rumors, is in charge of the election board. And everything thereof. This man had access to everything that has to do with elections, from counting to the whole calculation. Is he of still in that machine. position? No, but he has access to that position yeah. because he oversaw I mean, he's that. He's Secretary position. of State, but yeah, so they're yeah, both running you know, for governor. You know what that means? If she wins, she will be the first black, I don't know about black for sure, just black, but definitely black female governor of Georgia. Yeah, it's gonna so, be a tight race, I believe. Yeah, oh, it's real close. Yeah, uh, the the uh, early polls are showing them between like forty six, forty seven percent each. Mm-hmm. So, despite rumors ongoing about Oprah whether she's gonna run for president in twenty twenty, she is denying all the rumors and saying no, I'm not tossing my hat in mm-hmm. that ring. Mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, Vice President Mike Pence was also in Georgia on Thursday out there helping uh, Kemp with his campaign. So Pence got up there to the mic and said, I heard Oprah was in town today, and uh, I heard Will Ferrell was going door-to-door the other day. Well, I'd like to remind Stacey and Oprah and Will Ferrell I'm kind of a big deal, too. Oh, please. Go somewhere. He's talking about, yeah, I know Oprah's a big deal, but I'm kind of a big deal, too. Yeah, like, mind. boy, go sit down. He just cut his own self. Go sit down. He said, kind of. You apparently right, drink. kind of. You ain't. And, of course, Trump was talking stuff about, you know, no, it was Pence talking about, you know, they're bringing all these Hollywood extreme mm-hmm. left, whatever they call them, moderates, whatever they say. And he was like, but this ain't Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, of course, all the people were like, hey. That was Winston, This man. ain't Hollywood. Says the man has a $65 haircut. Yeah. And the uh, steadfast starch collars. And the way he dresses, oh, please. He's full of it. Put that's, why he throw his little, that's why he threw his little ego out there saying, I'm a big deal, too. Yeah, I'm kind of a big deal, too. Yeah, They don't have nothing else to say. Um, I might as well stay on the campaign trail. Um, a black candidate for Connecticut state seat says Trooper told her she needed a permit to campaign. Really? Hartford, white on white Connecticut. Mm. An African American woman running for Connecticut state representative um, said that she was racially profiled by a state police trooper who questioned her while she was campaigning door to door. In Middlefield last week, put Middlefield on the on the kisser list. Mm-hmm. So Reverend um, Ernestine Holloway said that the trooper told her she needed a peddler's permit in order to campaign and distribute campa- campaign literature. A peddler's permit. Mm-hmm. Part of her team was in a van that had a giant red and white and blue magnet that said. Ernestine Holloway is running for state representative on the side of the van. But the trooper stopped the van anyway. The trooper said they had a complaint that someone was trying to break into their house. Of course, somebody white. So I showed him how how, uh, who I was and explained we were campaigning when he asked um, if I had a pet list for men. So... Holloway said that she told the trooper she had no idea she needed a uh, you know a peddler's uh, permit, but she went down to the um, uh, town office down there to go get one anyway. And the people said she didn't need yeah. one. Y'all, thank you. Uh huh. And they told her she didn't need one. <laughs> so he was just messing with her, talking smack. Apparently so. No, but a peddler's permit is, is the smallest form of permit you can that you can get as far as selling stuff. But she, she wasn't, wasn't selling anything. anything. Well, she was yeah, just but, campaigning. Right. Well, what well, I guess they 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 figured that because the peddler, as a peddler, having the peddler peddler's license, which I am owner of one. What's you peddling? Okay. You know, anyway, that's another chapter. But go <laughs> no, ahead. Come no, on, no, Papa. No, 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 Come no. on, Papa. <laughs> Let me school you for a minute. Okay. A peddler's permit is is a permit where you can you can solicit. Okay. That's basically what it's about. Okay. But it's usually put in the confounds of selling merchandise. I guess. But right. they're putting it on a situation where soliciting was part of it. Right. And, and what we need to do but is just... he was lying. Yes. But he was also given specifics. And if, if, if the specifics is something that we can achieve, then we should go after it. 
If he say you need well, that she, and it's obtainable, she went down and she got it. Go get it. Right. She went down and yeah, she got it. Even though he was lying, I, she did get and it. And well, she, she went down there, but they said it was unnecessary. It was ne- not necessary. So yeah, she see, just wasted. Told her you don't need a pedal So that. another yeah. obstacle, a waste yeah, of time. Yeah. That's all that well, was. Well, I, I, if I was her, while I got the permit, I'd go get some cell phone accessories and, and, <laughs> and you know, I would. So. <laughs> Okay. I mean, why not? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, why not? Since he inconvenienced her and had her go get one. No, but what he said made perfect sense as far as a peddler's permit. Not to me. And, and I think that for her to go out there and get it, at least she killed one, one, one bird. Did he tell the she white candidates to go get a peddler's permit? Sometimes I think we do blow the whistle on things that are black and white, but why you bother me? You see the damn big ass damn van and says what who I'm running for and you see what the hell I'm doing. Kiss my damn ass. How about that damn trooper? Excuse me. And this is Kettle. All right, who's next? <laughs> All right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll pass the hat around and get your ass out of Woo! Kiss it, kiss it, okay. kiss it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Papa Didi, you got the last story. What else is going on? First story. Why am I being overworked? Oh, cattle, you better calm down. Oh, got her fired up. All right, uh, this this is about this, this guy named uh, Whitey Bolger. Mm-hmm. This little five-feet-tall guy. I don't know why. Really? He was such a criminal. I mean, but first of all, the end game on this guy is that this guy, this guy at the wall became a narc. He became a, he became a sellout. He was an informant and everything else. Mm-hmm. And he got killed. He was a snitch at the wall, mm-hmm. you know, on the back end of his, his, uh, illustrious gangster career. He was at one time up in Boston terrorizing. Mm-hmm. But once he got busted and everything else and got compromised and, and sent to different places. He was scared to death. He wanted to get out. So he became a snitch. Mm-hmm. And he turned in countless amounts of people. Mm-hmm. And I guess it kind of caught up with him because, you know, you can't forget your your past. You can't uh, turn your back on a so thing. That, what happened to the guy? That happened. Well, uh, he got killed in prison. Uh, oh. Long before Notorious uh, Boston, they call him a mobster. Mm. I mean, if you're a mobster, you need to be over five feet tall. This guy was a little guy. <laughs> He's a little guy. He had Small no monster. muscle tone. He was, I don't know. what. He's what a little monster. You know, well, first of all, Boston was just a racist-ass little town anyway. Those guys, they all thought they were monsters any damn well. But, uh, no disrespect anyway. to our listeners in Boston. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't even thinking that shit. <laughs> Once I've got, you know, confronted in that particular town. So so what happened? But anyway, um, he, he had got uh, busted for, for things, various things after a while. Of things he'd done, everything caught up with him after he became an informant. You know, they they took some leniency on his overall uh, sentencing and things of this nature. But then he went to get transferred to a uh, federal prison, and there's no federal prisons in the in the D.C. Um, jurisdiction, for what I understand. So he went to uh, Virginia, out to West Virginia. Oh, way oh. out in the boonies, where he weren't even taking care of this place, oh, and Sessions oh. knew about it. I mean, they were the big. The turnover was big. They were they were lousy on cards, lousy on food, lousy on everything. Wow. And apparently, they put a, a you know a, a number on his head as far as a, to, to get rid of him. And the person that killed him uh, was a lifer anyway. Was in there for murder, you know, in there for no mm-hmm. chance of parole. Mm-hmm. We 
we just collected the money, I guess, from wherever, whoever had the, uh, the bounty with his head in prison. Yeah, but, he said uh, he was, was violently killed. He was, you know, he just took him out with the quickness. It was, but he was, like, in his 80s and in a wheelchair. Yeah, but they, what he did to people, he became a snitch, and, and yeah. that's what he was known for in the business after a while, being a snitch on his own people. I'm just saying, they said he was, you know, too old and frail to even fight back. So whoever did it, the guy who did it, beat the crap out of him. They said his eyes were gouged out. I'm like, dang. They sent a message. That's what they, they beat the living mess out of that guy. They sent a message. That's what that was. You want to snitch? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments what we're talking about tonight, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1 to get in the queue. We're going to take a little CC. Yeah, we can do that. All right. And we'll be right back with, uh, what's next, Papa Didi? Papa! (laughs) Coming right back with Papa Didi and uh, what's poppin'. Looking for a new cocktail? To serve at your next dinner party? Trying to figure out what pairs well with your main entree? Then you need to visit the Cocktail of the Week archive at apajamaparty.com. We've got a list of all the cocktails we've featured on previous Pajama Party shows with recipes and pictures of the drinks. And believe me, we've had some good ones. And while you're on the website, Visit the archives for previous shows. Just click on any date and you can hear the shows again and again. We've got you covered at apajamaparty.com. And tell a friend. They'll thank you. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> uh, uh, I tell the night is nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who's up, me? Yeah, what's popping tonight? Yeah, what's popping? Let's get to some serious stuff here. Let's change the narrative of uh, what's happening tonight. Let's wake the audience up. Uh-oh. Let's wake everybody up. Oh Lord! All right, now I'm gonna give you all about about maybe five minutes of what's happening today. You know, um, if you're, I don't know how old. People are out there in the audience, but uh, Paul Man Funkadelics had a song called Gaining On You. Mm-hmm. Okay? Gaining On You. I think they kind of said it like that. What it meant exactly was the fact that, you know, people begin to see people gaining on them. And when people see that, they get afraid because. The crookedness that's involved when you when you isolate, let's say, an entire race of people from the ability to achieve something, the playing field is so much in your favor. I mean, we we're talking a whole group a whole group of people, every aspect of black people, light skin, dark skin, brown skin, whatever. When you isolate that particular group from participating in whether it be housing, loans, cars, whatever whatever case may be. Whenever you're taking out the equation like that, and think about how many years that people of another persuasion have taken advantage of black people not being in the game, and still are. Why do you think these politicians are so viciously trying to keep their jobs? Because they weren't doing nothing. 
that ain't working. That's the way you do it. Get your money for nothing and your chicks for free. Okay? That was a song. Which means, you know, just play the guitar on MTV. You know? That that was a song. Where all they did, you know, I think the song went, uh, We Gotta Move These Microwave Ovens. Custom Kitchen Delivery. We got to move these refrigerators. We got to move these color TVs. Meaning some people got to work for a living. And some people just play the guitar on MTV. And this is what these politicians have been doing for year after year after year. Is playing the guitar on MTV. Getting reelected over and over and over and over again by these numb nut ass people that's voting. Oh honey, who are we voting for? Oh, I think we vote for Jack Johnson. And they put up for Jack Johnson for like forty damn years. Or in our modern day case, uh Cruz. What's Cruz's first mm-hmm. name? Ted. Ted Cruz, Hatchard, um the guy whose mouth looks like a, a Mr. Oh, Peanut with the split, the the the, the, the majority of the of Mitch the McConnell. Mitch McConnell, whose mouth is like works like he's got like cuts in it like a cartoon character. When he talks, he's so damn old. You know, when you give somebody a haircut, you know, and dress them up in a suit, but they're old as hell and even no disrespect to the old. But this is what retirement is all about. This is what reserving yourself and going to another phase of life is all about. You know, the circle of life is violated so much on people that sit back on their ass and take advantage of and occupy a seat that they should have been out of. Case in point, Eli fucking Manning of the New York Giants. Okay? Go sit your ass down. Your time is over. Your team is one and seven. You ain't shit. You can't run. You can't dance. You can't do shit. And the team ain't winning because Father Time done caught up with your ass, but he got the Manning name, just like the politicians. So, therefore, he's in there until one day somebody's son is going to knock him on his ass. He's going to be done because everybody's looking up in, the sta- up in the audience saying, hi, Mom, hi, Mom, and some defensive tackle is going to take him out one day. So, Eli gets you, and I'm just using Eli as an example of the way people do it that have the privilege and stay and hang around for year after year. And look at Trump, for example. Okay? 70-something years old. We all know what happens to you as a man when you're 70 years old. You know? Everything starts to drop and fade and ball and gray. You know? You got prostate issues. You got uh, diabetic issues. Everything is, you know, but, but they put a suit on, put a tie on. They get a $200 haircut. A fresh shave, and they walk out there like they fresh sell. Hey, fresh! When they take that suit off at the end of the day, they got that same raggedy, tired ass, sickly ass body underneath all that. It don't change, and that's what's happening right now. If you look at some of the politicians in their day, most of them are all Caucasian, all white men. But now that there's black women. And Spanish people gaining on them, like Parliament Funkadelic said, they will do anything to win this election. That's why you see people beg, barring, and stealing. I tell you, like that movie, The Purge, boy, that 6th of November is going to be a bloodbath day. It's going to be crazy with illegal shit. Watch all the recounts. Watch all the illegal 
people winning out of nowhere. Watch all the people that's going to get turned out of the polls because these people just want to, they want to win. They don't want to work. They say black folks are lazy. Shit, you better flip that shit. They just want to sit on their ass and do nothing, you know? Just like the group Dire Straits. Money for nothing. Play the guitar on MTV. That's all I got to say about that. Okay, yeah. I'll take that, John. Play that guitar. Give us a call. You got a comment about the show. If you uh, We got a petition out to get rid of red wine and uh, kettle. So if you uh, want to be a radio personality, you can yeah, apply. One sign because, that petition uh, was Papa D. We about to get rid of these two because I tell you what, like Eli Manning, they're done. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. All right. We got Kettle, she's old as dirt, and we got Red Wine, she's old as Methuselah. So uh-huh. we got to get rid of these two. So put right. your applications in. Send it to uh, the pajama party. And we'll, yeah, uh, Moses it was your roommate. So oh you? my goodness. Anyway. We're going to lighten it up and switch over to the weird news. Get right. that going. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going first this time. No, I'm going first Good. if you don't Earn mind. Earn your keep, honey. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, let's see. I got one for you tonight about some overdue book fees. Came out of nowhere. A man paid a, a book fee that was overdue by 84 years. This was out of Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. He returned a book that was actually his mother's book, who is now deceased. He found the book in his mother's belongings. It was a book called Spoon River Anthology, and he decided to return it. So at first, he returned it anonymously, just dropped it off without leaving a name. But then the library started promoting it and put it on Facebook and said, this book has been missing for 84 years, wow. and it just showed up in the library. <laughs> so then he kind of felt like, I guess I better fess up. So then he confessed and said, yeah, that was the book. So they, it was only a $3 fine, and they waived the $3 fine. Mm-hmm. But the guy, Stroud is his name, and their family decided to donate $1,542.65 to the library in honor of their mother. And they gave the check to the library Thursday. And according to the rules back in 1934 Mm. that was inside the book, you would be charged five cents a day for every day that the book was late. Wow. So what they did is they did the math and figured from that day in 1934, 34, 34 mm-hmm. up until the day he returned it, the fee would have been $1,542.65. Wow. So they donated that money into the library in honor of their mother. Nice. They, he said his mom had a great sense of humor, and I'm sure she would have seen the comedy and all of this. And uh, the library said that they're going to use this to remind all of their patrons that it's never too late <laughs> to return your overdue book. I know that's right. Look, and put a check with it, too. <laughs> yeah. I think wow. I've got a few around the house, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to go do that. Five cents a day. Man, that well, was that was back in 1934. I know. All right, I got one. It's called uh, The Authorities in the Franklin, New Jersey. They nabbed the cereal diaper dumper. Mm-mm. 
Authorities say they've captured a man suspected of dumping his grandson's spoiled diapers <laughs> along several New Jersey roadways over the past year. Oh, that's just nasty. Franklin Township police say an officer acting on a hunch spotted 68-year-old William Friedman leaving a load of diapers, load, get it, uh-huh. of diapers in the area of routes 47 and 40 around 3.15 a.m. Oh, really? Sunday. He was taken into custody after a traffic stop. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's out at 3 o'clock in the morning dumping the diapers on the side of the road. That's crazy. <laughs> something wrong with him. So Friedman of the township allegedly told police um, the diapers came from his grandson, uh, adding that leaving them... It's not mine. It was my grandson. He said adding that leaving them around town without getting caught almost became a game. Authorities (laughs) say a motorcyclist (laughs) crashed in June after running over a diaper. Oh Friedman God. had allegedly dropped. The motorcyclist suffered minor injuries, and his bike was totaled. Friedman has been charged with interference with transportation. He faces That's up a thing. Yep, he faces up to a thousand dollars in fines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Serial diaper dumper. I've heard it all. Yeah. And that's in Franklin, New Jersey. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. All right. I don't know. Should he be on the kiss it list? Yeah, I think he should be. He's making a game of that. What's wrong with a trash can? He just said he made the game. That's weird. All right. Over to you, Papa Didi. What you got? Okay. Um, uh, soap uh, believed to be cocaine. Lands dealers, uh, buyers behind bars. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, this reported from the Associated Press. Police say that the only clean part of the intent uh, drug dealer at a North Carolina airport was the fact that the drugs in question were actually soap bars. Mm. Okay. Mm. They thought it was cakes of cocaine? Yeah, I'm I'm getting that red wine. Let me me finish here with you. Smack the crap out of you. I'm about to get rid of you anyway. (laughs) Anyway, the uh, News and Observer reported that the reporter of uh, Raleigh Dorm uh, International Airport officers arrested 43-year-old Travis Hargrove. He was a a 40-year-old also named uh, Jason Anderson and 44-year-old Les Ortiz on drug trafficking charges. Uh, This happened on October October 5th. But when the results of the laboratory came back, Police filed different felony charges Tuesday. Okay, police initially believed that Anderson of uh, New York City and Ortiz of New Jersey sold three pounds, which is 1.3 kilos of cocaine, to Hargrave. Instead, according to the arrest warrant for Anderson, Hargrave received 10 bars of ivory soap wrapped in thick plastic wrap, but it's a crime to take part in what someone believes is a drug deal. It's unclear whether Anderson or Teague knew the package was soap. It's unclear whether the three have lawyers. I, mean, I don't know. Who, who pulled this story? I don't know. It's you don't know, Red No, one. I don't. Yeah, okay. So apparently it sounds like the cops that arrested him thought it was cocaine. 
but mm-hmm. apparently it was soap. I guess they must be a known drug dealer. And they probably were selling the soap or what have you. But you can smell ivory mouth. People away. get overzealous yeah. about everything. But are they saying yeah. it's against the law to do something that looks like a drug deal? Guess, is that what I just heard you false, say? Uh, well, I just think uh, the moral of the story is the fact that uh, if, if these... Don't say so. No, I mean, I think that if these cops got time to chase these humbug stuff, then they're the ones that need to be down at the border. Because obviously they need something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they did do all the surveillance and on a bunch of crap and wasting time and spending military resources. Oh. The shakedown crap. The criminals probably set them up, probably. <laughs> I don't get it. Really, I don't get it. Yeah, that sounds like it's easy thing. to do. Or distracted them. Uh huh. And mean, the real just, stuff came in somewhere else. And the yeah, dummies took the bait. That would have been smart. You know what I'm saying? They took the bait. That's what it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it's the weird news. Okay. All right. All right. What right. Who wrote that story? I don't know. Really, I don't why did you pull the story? No, I didn't. And why is the spot so big? You trying to tell me something? <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> Big ass spots on here. That's just like 14, 14 press. Y'all gonna become the anyway. winners in a minute. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Okay. Talk to the interns about that. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Well, I'm gonna slide right on into. I'm just saying. Okay. Come on with it. Because I want to talk about. Uh-uh. The truth is no longer relevant. Oh boy. That's my topic tonight. Apparently, the truth is no longer relevant, at least for public figures, politicians, CEOs, and other people in charge of stuff. Just put it that way. Now, did you know that the latest count uh, for Trump in terms of how many lies and twisted facts that he has put out since he's been in office is now over 5,000? That's a lot of lies. 5,000. It's more than 5,000. And what's really crazy about that is that nobody seems to be really concerned enough to do anything about it. People just act like, oh, well, that's Trump. What are you going to do? What are we supposed to do about it? You you handle him. Nobody can handle him. You can't rein him in. And no matter what lies he tells, Kellyanne Conway is going to get out there and try to reinterpret it. And then Sarah Sanders is going to stand up there in front of the press and try to tell them what Trump was trying to say. Oh, yeah. He found two of the and, and then she goes into Kellyanne, I mean, uh, Sarah Sanders, starts blaming the media, saying it's their fault that they don't understand what Trump said. Big news. Big it's, uh, yeah, y'all are misinterpreting stuff. Y'all taking twisted and all of that and that's where all this fake news comes from so she wants to blame his lies on the media I'm just saying it looks to me like truth is just no longer relevant I've seen heads of major companies step down or be fired for misbehaving in some way shape or form and still walk away with millions and millions of dollars why are they rewarded for deceiving their position and misusing their power It's interesting that in the midst of the Me Too movement, so many of them are saying they're innocent, but yet they're still paying out millions of dollars in damages to victims. And if you don't do anything wrong, why are you paying out all that money? Where is the truth in that? Remember when several congressmen, and this wasn't that long ago, got busted for sexual harassment, and then we later found out, and this is after they lied and said they didn't do it. 
Mm-hmm. Once they we found out that they lied and they did do it, then we found out they paid the victims. Then we found out they paid the victims with money from the congressional budget. Mm-hmm. See, this is the kind of lies that I'm talking about. It's like truth is not relevant anymore. Truth is whatever people want to believe it to be. You know, it's like uh, what do they what Kellyanne called it alternate facts. When Trump was saying some crazy stuff, she said, well, these are just alternate facts. What the hell is an alternate fact? It's either true or it's not. There's no in-between. So anyway, um, talking about those congressmen. So now they're going to pay out. They paid out these uh, money out of the congressional budget. And then after they got busted, some of them are still in those positions. Some of them stepped down, but some of them are still in Congress, and I don't understand that. If you did something wrong, why aren't you out of a job? If you lied about spending taxpayer money on personal stuff, which some of them got busted for, some of them got busted for spending money on vacations, dog houses, uh, charter flights that had nothing to do with with, uh, official business, but yet they're still in office. They just basically go, whoops, my bad. Or they try to cover it up with some other lie. I'm just saying, I'm I'm so tired of the lie. We got white people claiming that black people are doing illegal stuff, calling the police, when in fact, black people are just living and minding their own business. But the truth doesn't seem to be relevant when the cops roll up on said innocent black people, and then now they got to justify why they just exist. You can't just say, oh, well, I was just out here, you know, uh, my car was stalled, or I pulled over to make a phone call, or whatever the case. you got to give all this justification because somebody called the cops and said, it's some people out here selling drugs. You didn't see anybody transacting anything. You jumped to conclusions, and that's the story you gave the cops. But because truth isn't relevant anymore, the cops just believed it. So... Again, I go back to 45. When you got somebody running the country that just spouts out anything he wants with no regard for whether it's true or not, he set an example that truth is no longer relevant. I'm just saying. I don't know what we're going to do. If you don't hold people accountable for the lies that they tell, we just end up accepting the lie. And eventually, what we have seen in history is that if you keep telling a lie long enough, People start to believe it's true. And that's a problem. We need to stand up and say, if it's not true, call it out and say, no, that's a lie. Tell 45 you cannot just erase the 14th Amendment because you don't like it. You can't executive order it away because you got an issue with immigrants, even though you married to one. I don't know what your problem is, but anyway, I'm just saying <laughs> You know, he's trying to say this wasn't about immigrants. The 14th Amendment wasn't meant to protect immigrants having children so that they could end up being citizens. Well, my question is, if it wasn't meant to protect the babies of immigrants, who the heck was it supposed to protect? Tell me that. Because if you're already a citizen, obviously your children are citizens. So why would you need an amendment to state that? Give me a break. People aren't stupid. 
I'm so sick of them trying to push this stuff and twist it around and make it sound like it's true. I'm tired of the fake lies. Well, they're not fake lies. They're real lies. Trying to make it sound true. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, keep truth relevant no matter who says it. That's That's all I'm saying. It, it was just amazing how many times that they had caught him in lies. I'm like, but his thing is, he don't mind saying it. He'd rather say it and then be recanted later. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't this your voice? Uh, no, that's not me. I didn't say yeah. that. It's like, here you are right here on video. You said it. Mm-hmm. No, no. See, y'all took it out of context. And he's, and he's like, oh, my gosh. It's, it's a constant thing. <sighs> he just don't have no idea. Well, if you got any more lies to tell us, y'all, hit us up tonight at 914-803-4306. And keep truth relevant. Press one. Yeah, press one. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're coming back with Papa Didi and Living for the City. All right, now. On the Pajama Party Show, Friday night. You know how we do it. We'll be right back. So I was looking over the cocktails that we archived, and we've had so many really great drinks over the past year and a half. We've had our original signature drink called the Pajama Party and a Game Changer, and of course, we have the last word. I like the Revolution. It was Hennessy, lemon and lime juice, agave juice, and bitters with jalapeno slices. Ooh-wee! I like that Crown Royal Flush with the Crown Royal Peach Stops and Cranberry Juice. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorites huh, was the... Uh, Wait a minute, what's it called? The Dutch Mule. Yeah, the Dutch Mule with the kettle, orange vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. There are so many to choose from on the com website. So check out the Cocktail of the Week archives to get the recipes. And you can find out how to make the Cocktail of the Week and sip along with us. Are there instructions there, too? Sure they are. Along with pictures of the drink so you know exactly what it's supposed to look like. Denzel Washington, American Gangster. 
Remember when he first wore that uh, suit to the boxing match? That yeah. attracted attention with him, but nobody ever knew he existed. It was a fur coat. Yeah, it was like a yeah, it was a, a, a fur coat with a matching hat, all crazy looking joint mm-hmm. his wife gave him. That's when the cops first looked and said, who is that? You know, yada, yada. Anyway, that's how Baltimore is. Baltimore projects an image when you're on the train, you look out and you see decrepit houses and things of this nature. Baltimore is so far from poor that it's not even funny. Okay? It's, oh my God. That, it, it it's the, it, it, it hovers everything that nobody else wants. Okay? And it does it. Good. The way they got stuff lined up as far as um, whatever they may be doing in other areas, because a lot of other Maryland towns are bougie and don't want to take the responsibility of the full grit. So Baltimore would do it and charge the government or the city government or the state government a fortune in, in the surviving as such. Like, for example, let's say the parole board. Do you realize that Baltimore is the headquarters of every report of every um, parole institution around Maryland, every place, whether it be Glen Burnie, Lanham, New Carrollton, you name it, everything funnels back to the headquarters in Baltimore, and that's just one example of what they hold down. They hold down everything that nobody else wants. They say, "Fuck it, we'll take it. We got a place for it." A lot of these little sophisticated towns in Maryland don't want to be bothered with any kind of uh, stuff they got to do with uh, ex-cons or or um, halfway houses and all that stuff. They don't want no damn halfway house up there in Chevy Chase and all that. They say, oh, no, let Baltimore handle it. We don't want a damn halfway house. Oh, no, 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 no. And Baltimore says, fuck them, bring them on. And they take it. And they charge Annapolis's ass for doing that and they got it all they have a direct pipeline of of water of back back uh try to get one of your, your rich friends to take on his yacht and go one night go one day go out on a saturday by boat just having breakfast and lunch go from annapolis to pier six in baltimore pier six is the other side of the harbor where the concert hall is, okay? Rich as hell back there. Did you know about Pier 6? Pier 6 is the other side of Baltimore Harbor, back where the yachts are, okay? But back there in that water back there, those yachts lead to a back road that leads to a back river that leads back to Annapolis. In other places, they got water water hub cities that are connected to crab places like Mike's and Mike's North and places like that. It's crazy. And then when you go to Buddy's downtown Annapolis, the the harbor ends right there. Everybody just gets together in Annapolis right at the end. And this big old little thing where everybody just comes where there's water that ends right at the end. This shit is a racket. It's crazy for all you land crabs don't know what the hell going on. Better get your damn boat, rowboat, sailboat, get something and see what the hell going on out there. Baltimore got it going on. I'm telling you right now. They got movers and shakers there. People going to work every day dressed in fine clothes, making big-ass money because they're not talking about what they do. You can get some of the most exclusive things. If you want some foam, 
for your chairs, like upholstery, the fittings for your chair, or you want to get a phone for your bed, special order, look it up. It's in Baltimore. Baltimore got stamps where you can stamp your name, you can sign your name, you get stamps, or you can get invisible ink. If you're having a party, you could stamp a person's hand with invisible ink and then put a black light on it where it shows up. Baltimore has a ink ink depository. They have a stamp depository. They have a they got it all. They got it all. It'll blow your mind. I'm just, shh, don't sleep on that town. Don't think when you're on the train, you see them little raggedy ass houses. That's 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 being staged, okay? Just like a damn movie set. They hang that there just to fake you out. Oh yeah, we poor as hell. Come through and get the hell out of here. We poor as hell. You know, please, that town's rich as hell. And all the black folks up there that are walking around there destitute, that's his backdrop. Those are paid, uh, what do you call them? Extras. Extras. They're extras. They're extras. All right. They walk around all day, just like up in in British, up in uh, Boston, where people walk around with those Confederate suits on, wearing all that, you know, walk around with the, you know, like they're the, the tea party and all that shit. They wear, you know, suits all day, getting paid $13 an hour for walking around like Reenactment. The reenactment of, uh, you know, Christmas addicts and, and all the rest of that crap, you know. But anyway, just put that thought in your mind for a minute. Yachts mm-hmm. and shit like that and uh, running everything. Baltimore got it going on. Mm-hmm. They really do. And people don't understand unless you're from there. They know what I'm talking about. All right. I okay. will. I will. Oh, didn't know. You have to go check out Baltimore. Yeah, you enlighten us, Father. Yeah, it's one of the best. Hey, back when I was dating and stuff, hey, that's where I used to take my first dates was at the Baltimore Harbor. Oh, And okay. score every time at the end of the night. Oh, really? Oh, that harbor was so beautiful. And I would say, yeah, baby, so your eyes. Oh, my little boy. Oh, my God. He's the one. Yeah. He's the one. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, keep it moving. Yeah, keep it moving. Let's head out to the West Coast and find out what's happening in Hollywood. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, it always is. We're going to get right into it. All right. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know. Pete Davidson. Didn't know crap about him until he started dating Ariana Grande. Mm Mm-hmm. Pete Davidson, 24, he's laughing his ass all the way to the bank, I guess. He's laughing at his quickie engagement that ended in covered t- tattoos. I guess they got tattoos and they got to cover them. In a promo clip that the comedian filmed, we were brought back to the scene where the magic began for him and his ex fiance Ariana Grande. He did all this crap on Saturday Night Live. Um, they met in 2016. Um... After she came off of a break with, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, I don't know. Mac somebody? Mac Million? Is that his name? Mac Mac Millen? Mac somebody? Max Mogee. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> some, came, rap, some rapper. Yeah, she came off of a, 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 a relationship with him. I'm like, this guy, he was like the rebound, Pete Davidson. Why would she even get with him? He, she, he didn't seem like her type, but... Um, a newly single Pete asked the show's upcoming musical guest, um, Maggie Rogers, the question um, he's all too familiar with. She, he said, hey, Maggie, I'm Pete. He says, introducing himself, you want to get married? I'm like, 
Come on now, really? <laughs> and you know Ariana Grande is going to watch it or she's going to hear uh, hear backlashes from it or whatever. But um, I'm like, the wounds is, is still fresh. Why would he do anything like that? Because he's a funny man. Just stupid. So the news broke this split in October the 14th. And it's only been, what, uh, not even a month yet. But it looks like the stand-up comedian is getting through his breakup one joke at a time. I'm like, come on, really? But anyway, he he going to get his. Ariana Grande, he going to get his. So we'll see. Leave Pete alone. Oh, Lord. Pete need to go kiss it somewhere. <laughs> well, back to Angelique Jolie and Brad Pitt. While Jolie and Pitt's divorce is reportedly close to being finalized. What? Their custody battles reportedly still ongoing. Six babies, I guess they're trying to find the time to put the babies in in there, I guess. They're trying to get the time to see them, I guess. Jolie and Pitt called it quits in September 2016, which was followed by a bitterly nasty and very public divorce and custody battle. After many months of their lawyers going back and forth, the exes reportedly reached a temporary custody agreement in early June of uh, 2018 that lasted through the summer. So, nonetheless, we recently learned that Joe Lee um, has been missing Brad Pitt. Really? Oh, <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm like, are you, are you for, for real? They say that there's still a void in her heart. Yeah, she's trying to move the hell on. I don't know who broke up with who, but anyway. Um, they bought a chateau in France. Uh oh, that's your place. But it cost for sixty million dollars. Are you serious? I guess they're gonna split that with the with the kids. I guess five hundred acre chateau in in France. Wow, sixty grand. Money, money, money on top of money. Yeah, money. Yeah, but we we we're gonna see what's gonna happen with that. Also, another breakup. Larsa Pittman, she was the wife of Scotty Pittman. I didn't even know the man was married. Um, they finally called it quits um, after 19 years uh, together. They have four babies, four children, They're probably teenagers probably by now. And um, they said they just grew apart. So their, their, divorces, their divorces started today. They filed papers. She filed papers today for the divorce. Mm. Uh, what is Scotty Pittman doing these days? You know, Papa? He's on the jump. What's that? Yeah. The jump is a basketball analyst show that comes on ESPN at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay. He's one of the commentators on there. I guess homegirl say you didn't have enough time for me, so I got to, I got to jump. <laughs> so she jumped on up out of that, but she said she hopes that, um, you know, that they um, have an agreement with the kids so so they can, you know, have shared custody with the kids. Um, Rihanna's back in the uh, news. I didn't realize Rihanna was 30. She's getting up there. And uh, she, she was butt neck in the magazine. Oh. She uh, was uh, dating this guy, Hassan Jamil. Um, but she's saying she's totally single now. This guy, he was, um, he's the deputy president and vice chairman of Abdul Latif Jamil, family-owned operation. And they run um, a diverse business in transportation, engineering, in 30 countries. Yeah. Wow. Worldwide. Yeah. Um, It was once even deemed the world's largest independent distributor of Toyota and Lexus vehicles in 2017. Um, 
guess they just don't have time for each other. She's busy, he's busy. I mean, got to run a company. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it does. So, all right. And she's not going to go back to Chris Brown or Drake. Ah, that's mm-hmm. a no, no. No, you know why? That's a consideration. I don't even know why. You know they had to put that in and make it interesting. And one last note. The Timberwolves unveiled Prince-inspired City Edition uniforms. Um, the partnership with um, the Timberwolves, Nike, NBA, and the um, Prince Estate. Their uniforms are purple, and um, they're honoring um, Prince. So. Yay! They say he, he loved basketball. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go on sale. Um, I'm sorry, on sale. I'm sorry, they're going to have um, merchandise for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, starting on November the eighth. I used to go out to Paisley Park and watch him play. Oh, okay, more power to you. All right. Well, let me give you a tri- trivia question. What was his name? His full name? Prince Rogers Nelson. Right. Child, please. <laughs> That's my baby dad. Oh Lord. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's my Hollywood wrap up. All right. Good job, Kel. Right. Yeah, it's always a lot happening on the web. I thought that was pretty neat. Guys, get a minute. Check out the um, uniforms. They're really nice. Yeah, let's check them out. All right. Um, let's see. Well, we have a caller before we go to the cocktail of the week. Sure. Let me pick up this caller. Caller, welcome to the Pajama Party Show. Go right ahead with your comment. How you doing? I just I'm had doing a yeah, this is for Kettle. She she might know who I am. I'm um, sorry, but that's my baby daddy, Prince. <laughs> oh no, that's my baby daddy. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, Carla, hey. what's going on? How you doing? Hey, it's your cousin. You know, Prince. Lover. I know it is. Oh, I know. Yeah. And you've loved Prince too- since. Since the beginning of time, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. When I first came to D.C., I went to that concert by myself. Didn't know how I was going to get home. That was real stupid, <laughs> but. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, I did. All right. Good job. I've been listening the whole time. Well, yeah, thank so. you. Thank, thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, all right. All yeah, right. you know I heard Prince. I had to call in. <laughs> Uh, all right, now. But you got to see all those uh, uniforms. They're really nice. Uh-huh. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. I, I learned a lot today on the show. So I'm just, I was just taking everything in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. We're now. hiring, too. I'm trying to get rid of uh... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Thanks for calling in, cuz. <laughs> all right. All right. That's the Timberwolves, right? Yeah, Timberwolves. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you so much. So, so you, so uh, Red Wine, you thought you were the number one uh, fan of I am. The oh, fan. oh, 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 oh. Okay. But I share. Uh huh. I'm only right. greedy. She must have learned a lot from you, Papa, huh? What do you think? Well, I heard also the damn Prince that he's coming out with uh, some type of little documentary. Did you hear about that? Prince? Yeah, I did hear that. Ava DuVernay. Oh, oh not producing. her. Oh, Lord. That's your girl. Mm. Ava DuVernay oh, is producing. A documentary, a documentary mm. on Prince. Interesting. I don't know when it's uh, yeah, slated it's called to the boy be from available. The North. What? It's called The Boy from the North is the name of it. Oh, okay. Really? And also Chaka Khan is coming out with one as well. It's a oh, documentary. Okay. Interesting. 
mm-hmm. show how their life got started, who influenced them, mm-hmm. some avenues they took to get where they are. Wow. Okay. Well, I saw him in college. But I didn't know Ava DuVernay was doing it. Yeah, she's doing the Prince documentary. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. producing it. We're going to see what's going to happen. All right. All right. Well, we're going to switch up and get Mr. Lowe to give us the cocktail of the week, which is the bittersweet. Mr. Lowe, take it away. All right, all right. It's Friday night, so it's time to get right. This is Mr. L.O. coming to you live from the pajama party, where it gets a little naughty. Now tonight, we're going to get you weak with a drink called Bittersweet. So let me tell you what you need. Grab yourself a cocktail shaker, fill it up with ice. Welcome back to a John Point Morning Who's Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. We've been rude. Oh, oh my darling. Boy. What's going on next, uh, Papa? Come on, tell us about this kisser list. What's up? What's up? The kisser list is a list that's compiled every week for people to show their ass, show their butt, honey, and uh, do some crazy stuff. We put them on a list, and uh, we have a song dedicated to them. And um, we can start out with... Um, Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Papa and Papa. Mm-hmm. You I'm have somebody gonna, on the list. I'm not going to y'all. It's just so many people in front of y'all. Okay, go. Oh, thank I, you. I just think the person is run up against a young lady up in, um, Georgia? in Georgia for yeah, governor. Kim. I, I just think that this guy, Kemp, used to be... He's still affiliated with the election committee. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He works in the damn maternity ward, and there's nothing but pregnant people around his ass. This is the analogy that you can give this man's old job. Mm-hmm. And she's up against somebody that knows how to manipulate the machines, yep. the districts, the, the everything, the suppression, you name it. Mm-hmm. This this is going to be ugly. Yeah. And Oprah's in the middle of it, so thank goodness a woman has a, a good sergeant arms, a good master, you know, a... Uh, Good person behind her too. I don't. I'm not really over fan, but uh, but uh, you know, she's, she's gonna need right. it. She's mm-hmm. gonna need it. Mhm. Will you have anybody so, on Kiss the list, Ray One? What's his name? Kemp. Kemp. Yeah, he's number one. Okay, Kemp. I have a few. The Indiana woman. 
was that weird news, I think? Um, oh, yeah. Mitchell, the principal that um, let the kids fight. Mm-hmm. Mike Pence. Oh, that was the principal who said that girls should wear dresses. Right, Mitchell. Because it keeps, oh, that's Mitchell? Mm-hmm. Because it keeps uh, down school shootings or something. Super so. Mike Pence, we know who he is, VP. Mm-hmm. Um, state trooper in um, Hartford, Connecticut. And for racial profiling. And um, uh, Friedman, the diaper dumper. Yeah. And uh, you already said. And 45. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, Roger Goodell. All right. <laughs> we haven't said his name in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a few others, but I can't think of who they are right now. Oh, whoever's writing those swastikas all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. And anybody else who just hates an entire group of people. Yeah. Just because. Just because. Yeah. You're on the kiss it list. Right. Uh, I guess that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a special gift for you. Kiss my empire. My ass. You can All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Don't fly, darling. Boy, she's been sticking this French guy. So all she's doing is speaking French. And it's time for the last word. <laughs> what shows are Well, the haters be damned. Funny what that peanut does here. Haters be damned. What's your last so word? So my last word is haters be damned. And I'm just saying for all the folks that uh, lost anybody in these recent most recent uh, rounds of unnecessary murders. Our thoughts are with you. I know we get tired of saying our thoughts and prayers are with you, but they are. To the families of um, the children that were hit because people didn't stop when the buses were stopped. Yeah, indeed. You know, that's a whole other situation. See it every day. When that arm comes out for that bus and that sign says stop, you need to stop your mother freaking car. Because no, nobody's kids should be getting killed like that. Oh, that's what happened? Yes. Where was this at? Where all wasn't over. it? It's all been over. in different places. Oh, my God. Tampa, all over. And the kids, too. Three kids were killed at one time. Out there got kids that are on the bus stop, too. You know, please tell them to stand back. You don't have to be directly on the, on the yeah, curb like back. that. Move back. Move back. People are going to work that and time look, morning. And look both ways because just because that bus arm is out doesn't mean that you are free and clear to cross that street because some of these idiots are not paying and even And even the school system it needs to take a little of responsibility on this because these kids are out there early. They're out there waiting on the, at the bus thing. And why don't we build them a little bus thing like we do for people catching a regular city bus? How come they can't have a little, if that's a bona fide place for kids to get, get the bus at, 
how come they can't idea, build Bob? something? Because yeah, yeah, at least that'll take the impact. That'll take the impact of a car running into them. But no, they got to stand there by themselves, with themselves, in the dark, in the fog, in the dew, everything that grows. In the rain and the snow. Between seven and seven and, and you know how it is during when, just like this weekend, you know, you set your clocks back in the daylight saving time. Okay, you spring yeah, forward and fall that. back. So fall's coming up, so we're going to be, you know, falling back. Set it back. Anyway, and, and the kids need to, they're out there early, and everybody is driving like crazy trying to get to work. You know, you know, like, uh, it's like Bobby Womack says, some people are getting up, some people just getting in. So you never know what the, who hit who, why, you know? Well, I'm just saying, you know, to the people who lost their children in the yeah. last few weeks or the last few months or whatever. Yeah. You know, again, I, I feel so bad for you and, and you have my condolences, but people need to slow down. Slow, slow down. Up. In every aspect. It can't be that critical. It's not just for the kids. When you see people that are hesitating to do something, don't be in a hurry to go around them. It could be somebody walking in a stroller and they're waiting for them to get by, but here come your dumb ass going around them because you're in a rush and bang, you hit the stroller. Because you couldn't wait five minutes. Look for a minute to see what the hell is going on. If somebody's in front of you, that means they're ahead of you. So slow your ass down. Wait your turn. I mean, it's just a mess. Looking through the rearview mirror well, nowadays is a hard move. That was my last word, so you go ahead, Papa. No, I'm, I'm, I was just elaborating on what you were saying. Yeah, no, I'm saying, go ahead. Driving go ahead. nowadays is horrible. The, the rearview mirror is like a horror movie. People will come up behind you 100 miles an hour. You could be coming up to all red lights. Of traffic going slow. Here comes some assholes on the side of you doing 90, going up to where everybody else is slowing down. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to step on your brakes? Everybody's in brake mode and you're still speed. It's just a mess. It's a mess. I don't know what people are doing, what, what Harry they on there. One dimensional. One dimensional. Think. Slow down. Relax. You know. But my last word is just want to give a uh, happy birthday to my youngest sister. Uh, she just turned 53 years old. Her name is Joan. Um, happy birthday, Joan. Everybody was the 26th of October. Happy birthday, Joan. Um, happy birthday, Joan. They're doing a little ceremony for my father that passed away uh, last year. Uh, this coming Sunday, uh, the Catholic Church in Philadelphia is doing a uh, remembrance to the falling firemen and policemen of last year. So we're going to go there and hear that honor on Sunday. So um grateful for that. Anyway, uh, Kettle. Well, wait, before we go to Kettle, can we just do a happy birthday to your sister? I'm sure. not sure happy that much. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, you old thing from another world, you. All right. Happy birthday. What's her name? Joan. Joan. Happy birthday, Joan. All right. Happy birthday. Nice. surprises. What's your last word, Kevin? My last word, I want to thank my girl for coming out and showing up. She um, had a good speech. Oprah, she had a great speech, and she talked about this. Oh, in Georgia? Right. She talked about this man that worked. That, that walked 18 miles and they kept turning him away and unfortunately the, the, the next couple of years after that he had passed but she she's like you know if you don't vote 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 November 6th that you are dishonoring your ancestors so that is so important 
Also, a shout out to uh, President Obama, which I call him President Obama. <laughs> I feel as if he's still our president. Um, he, he did a great job, also, even though he can't talk as much because his voice is hoarse. He's he's done like six or seven speeches, but he he's still going to move on. And um, uh, November the sixth is just so important. Black, white, yellow, red, I don't care what color you are. Well, confused. Just go Get out and vote. vote. I know. I voted early, and I feel pretty good. Took my mom today. She's 81 years old, so if she can go vote, you can go vote. So it was just um, felt pretty good. That little sticker on the side to the left felt pretty good. You got your little sticker. Yeah, I voted. Yep. So. Go, girl. Um, also... Like we said before, slow down for the kids. I think that needs to be a, a national T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Slow down for the kids. Just simple. And I think that's a great idea. What you said about um, a shelter, um, Papa. Um, yeah. Hey, maybe we might have some investors out there might be interested in doing it for the kids. That would be something pretty neat. Yeah, they so. stand up there so defenseless, around the edge of the curve. Yeah. Every neighborhood you go in is between six and eight o'clock in the morning. They're out there so vulnerable. That was my last word. Yeah. Okay. So sad. It is. Well, we just want to thank everybody for rolling with the Pajama Party crew tonight. Yep. I guess you could have been anywhere on your Friday night, but thanks for spending it with us. Right. And the callers that called in, uh, our longtime caller in the beginning and our new caller in the end. We appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next Friday, we will be pre-recorded with the best of the Pajama Party show. But feel free to tune in and check us out. We'll pick an episode that we think you'll enjoy. And we'll be back live again Friday after that. So uh, check us out online at apajamaparty.com. Tell a friend. Share the news. Share the wealth. Share the knowledge. We're out. Say goodnight, Papa. Goodnight, everybody. Say goodnight, Cattle. Goodnight. And we're out. Good night. Till next time. Bye-bye. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night.